0: Welcome to CCC Talks, empowering IT and business professionals in their digital transformation journey. Find all the latest tips, tricks and strategies at our blog and resource center at cloudcredential.org. And now
1: our host, CCC Managing Director, Mark O'Loughlin. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of CCC Talks with Mark O'Loughlin and the Cloud Credential Council. Now, today we are joined by Massimo Belloni, who is a data scientist and machine learning engineer. And previously you were a data scientist and team lead at housing anywhere Massimo, thank you for joining us on CCC talks
0: yeah thank you for having me thank you for having me
1: Thanks great now Massimo tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do
0: yeah I'm a data scientist and machine learning engineer because i I studied computer engineering so it's something that will chase me for the for the rest of my life I wanted to as we to data science like three years ago when my career started, because I didn't want to be a a developer, like an end-to-end developer, let's say. And I switched to data science, and then when I was starting to move the first steps into into the field, I discovered that in the end, my uh, computer engineering skills were uh, fundamental for uh, building data science, at least in early stage companies. And so I switched more in the direction of also taking care not just of the uh, modeling part of things, but also in the deployment of things in, in production. And so. In the end, if I look at what I'm doing at the at the moment, even if on my LinkedIn page is LinkedIn page is written data scientist, uh, very likely I'm a machine learning engineer. Uh, also in the past, I was taking care of more data engineering related tasks, uh, and I'm doing a little bit of of everything when it comes to moving data or deploying models to production. I'm able to take care of the end-to-end cycle. Let's say. Yeah.
1: So enough to keep you busy on any given day. So now, Massimo, we heard. From our folks that um you're heavily involved in the development of a fraud detection system powered by AI for the Housing Anywhere. And then um, when well, I heard that, I said we must get you on as a guest and tell us about this AI as a kind of a, a case study. Beforehand, though, for those who don't know, Housing Anywhere, in their own words, is the world's largest retail accommodation platform that brings together demand supply of midterm housing. For example, international students, expats young professionals looking for you know a new home the book a room an apartment or studio or platform so tell us about this fraud detection system powered by ai user housing anywhere
0: yep uh first of all this project itself uh, was also my uh, master thesis when i graduated in computer engineering so the details are publicly available it's just a matter of googling my name and a little bit of detail so you can go in depth as much as you want on the technicalities of the of the project, as you said, I mean, Housing Anywhere is a um, an housing marketplace uh, where people are free to create listings uh, on this platform. As you can easily imagine, uh, especially in the Netherlands, that is, the, that is where I'm living now and where the company is based, uh, fraud and scams in the housing market are a huge problem. Um, and so it's common, it's, uh, it's a day to day problem, people that try to create listings on this platform just to scam end users. Housing um, anywhere was putting and is putting, I guess, a lot of effort in trying to uh, make the marketplace as safe as possible. Uh, and so we, we created an artificial intelligence. That I mean, artificial intelligence is quite a uh, is quite a is quite a broad term, but is able to uh, distinguish when a listing is a scam or not a scam. Uh, when it's published on the on the website, and then there were some operations and processes on top of that, uh, um, allowing to delete uh, listings when when the artificial intelligence was sure enough that these listings were uh, were a scam, or like move to manual moderation some listings that were suspicious, uh, but the but the artificial intelligence wasn't sure, one hundred percent sure, let's say that the um, that the listing was actually a scam. So it wasn't just the the artificial intelligence or the technology, but it was also the whole operation and processes that was built on top. Of the artificial intelligence yeah. that they think that was also the, the thing that contributed to the success of the of the product itself and uh, take it out mm. from the master key that it was
1: yeah yeah and am i right in saying that a fraud detection system built on ai um you could get people to do that type of work but is it the ai does it quicker Because that will be key as well in fraud detection where, you know, if you you did use AI, you could put people in and to eventually figure it out. But was speed of detection a key thing in using AI?
0: Yeah, the the problem in why the the whole thing started at the the beginning was really a matter of scale, uh, because it's not Mm. just a matter of speed, because a well-trained human professional is probably, I mean, probably not as quick because it's a matter of milliseconds, but decently quick or comparable business-wise to a to an artificial intelligence. Um, the thing is, even if it's true that very complicated cases uh, still needs uh, some degree of human moderation, uh, it's true that on yeah. a on a big marketplace when it reaches a certain scale, there are a, a lot of low hanging fruits. Uh, and some cases that are very easy to detect with an uh, with artificial intelligence. Um, so in, in those cases, uh, it's not really a matter of being quick, but it's trying to keep the uh, the human expertise just for the cases that really that really need it. That uh, this is the key, because when you reach a scale, when you're talking about thousands of cases per day, you need someone that helps out the human moderators.
1: And I think that's that's key. In there, you know, and there within the organisations when they're thinking about AI, the staff can think of oh, my job's under threat, or my career is going somewhere else, or whatever that is. But surely they must be thinking that get AI to do the 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 minuscule work, the the repetitive stuff, and then keep your staff or develop your staff to look at those complex cases. Is isn't that the mindset yeah. that that we should be looking at?
0: In general, for artificial intelligence, yes. I mean, my personal opinion as an expert on the field, let's say, is that the people that are scared about artificial intelligence or the complexity of artificial intelligence are people that don't work in the field and they watch a lot of sci-fi movies. Because if it's true that artificial intelligence <laughs> can help us out, it's, it's completely true. But the artificial intelligence is very good in very specific tasks for how complicated they are. But the, the more complicated uh, the tasks are, the more specific they are. Um, so it's true that we have to try to leverage artificial intelligence for very, for uh, how, how complicated as we wish, but very specific uh, and somehow repetitive. Because in the end is in the is in the bone of our artificial intelligence or machine learning, if you want to reduce the narrow little bit the, the scope of this. Uh, in the end, you are training uh, a model, uh, how complex as you wish, with some data that is specific to a task. Uh, yeah. And therefore, yes, I mean. I don't think that artificial intelligence will ever replace uh, human moderators or human executors at all. You just have to uh, reduce the scope of human moderators, as you were saying correctly, uh, use them or leverage humans when you you actually have more more value out of them for very complicated and very horizontal cases, also for scam, because I mean, it's not that we were having a 100% recall on everything.
1: That's true. That's the same for finance, banking, insurance, whatever these industries are, is keep the human element on those complex things because we can't solve complex. I do like your tip there about not getting too engrossed into the sci-fi movies of what AI is, because I think sometimes there is an absolute disconnect between what sci-fi shows us and what's really happening in the AI and the ML uh, space. how, when or how did you start thinking that AI would help? Was that immediate? Was that something that you arrived at after a process? Was it, there's fraud detection. The only way we're going to get on top of this is AI. That was, you know, the immediate thing to look at. Or did you have to go through a number of steps to 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 actually make the case for it?
0: Yep. Uh, I want to stress again the fact that artificial intelligence in a business is as successful as the processes that you build on top of that. Um, when I joined the, the company, was in a, I mean, is a, a very fast-growing company where year to year there is a an ever-increasing number of listings that were created, uh, and of course they were already tackling in some sense fraud prevention, fraud detection, because it was a sen- sensitive topic for the company. And as all the companies that start from scratch in this uh, in this matter, they were using uh, rules, fixed rules are coded like if a user logs in from a set of suspicious country, if a user logs in from different IP addresses and stuff. Um, the problem is that when the month goes by and like the days and the years, you start accumulating these rules and they become a complicated mess uh, full of rules that you don't know how <laughs> successful they are, not successful they yeah. are. So the very first step, because I mean, actually, if you look at the pure definitions, also a set of hard uh, of coded rules is indeed artificial intelligence because artificial intelligence can also be a, a set of if-else. Um, yeah. But the, the, the first step that we did in the long-term vision of applying machine learning on the on the task, the very first thing was to try to understand how these rules that there were in place were actually meaningful or not and uh, how, how many times um, scammers were slipping out from the set of rules that we had. When we discovered that the vast majority of the rules were completely useless and still a decent amount of scammers were slipping out from that system, and we're requiring human moderators to chase them around the platform. Um,
1: yeah.
0: We started thinking about a machine learning approach, uh, considering that, the, for Audi, we were lucky enough that the uh, that the data pipelines for marking a user as a scammer, uh, despite being flagged by the rules or not, were already in place. So we already had uh, three or four years worth of data to work on. Um, so mm-hmm. after looking at the rules themselves, because I mean, in the end, if the rules were successful enough, there were that there's no point to do something more complicated. Uh, we discovered yes. that the rules were indeed missing a lot of scammers. We had data and it's a specific use case because in the end, like going technical is a binary classification problem. Uh, you have a listing created on a platform or a transaction on a bank account or et cetera, et cetera is fraud. And you have to say if it's a um, scam or not scam. Uh, and it's a very yeah. basic setting for, mach- for supervised machine learning.
1: Mm, fantastic. As you said, I think it's interesting, as you said, that you can have rules that become more rules that actually become so complex that w- what is what is this rule trying to do at the end of the day and then probably backward engineer that. I like what you mentioned about, you know, it's only as good as the processes you have in place because you're trying to use AI to achieve a process. So if you don't know what the process really is, how is the AI? Yeah, AI won't fix that or yep. it
0: will do a bad you job. A, you can have a, a, an artificial intelligence algorithm or a machine learning algorithm that is as refined, as advanced as you wish, That is probably worth to go on conferences all over the world and being praised by the experts. But in the end, if your end goal is not researched by itself, it might be that a GPT-free, super complicated NLP model won't fit a company that has a a different use case and I think that here is also the difference between people that do uh, applied data science or like are data scientists in companies and researchers that work in uh, institutions with a completely different goal in mind.
1: Yeah indeed and um, what kind of AI solutions did you use? You know there's various public, I don't know if there's private variants, but there are different variants out there and did you go to any of the Public type solutions. Did you develop something in-house, a uh, uh, hybrid type?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the term solution, uh, when you s- as talk about an end-to-end data science uh, data science project, is quite broad. Uh, but we didn't use in the looking at the at the whole cycle anything that was private or not open source, I mean, the, we are lucky enough working in data science or machine learning that basically everything yeah. that is used by me in my free time or used by Google when it's reser- when it's working at super complicated reinforcement, uh, reinforcement learning models is open source. Uh, so yeah. basically all the libraries that you wish to use are open source, uh, TensorFlow, Keras, PyTorch, uh, scikit learn Pandas, NumPy, it's everything open source. Uh, so you can do uh, data science research with using the same tools that the uh, experts in the field are using, and so in our case was exactly the same. Um, if I have to talk about the tools that we used, uh, we were using, uh, apart from the basics like Num- NumPy, Pandas, scikit uh, Learn, the first model that is the one that actually was on my master thesis, etc., was an XGBoost. Uh, that is uh, an open source um, gradient uh, boosted decision tree. Then, when we started to iterate on the on the initial project, because I mean, being successful, we also had buy-in for keep iterating on that. Uh, we started using LightGBM. That is an open source Microsoft implementation of the of the same theory. Let's say um, then yes, but in general, uh, for the for the deployment, then I mean, when you start deploying, of course, you need machines, and so the machines cannot be cannot be for free on the cloud. Uh, but we use uh, Docker, uh, we use Kubernetes, yes. uh, it's all open source, I mean, the, to do really, to have an impact in data science, you, it's, it's a field where you don't have to have a lot of investments, at least for tooling, you have to have an investment on people and on skills, et cetera. but tooling itself, it comes for free, apart from your time to actually um, develop or uh, start thinking about something meaningful. That, I mean, if you need computing resources, there is another topic, it's you need to invest some money on that but
1: yes and that's very interesting um that you went the open source model um it is common especially in development and data science field there are pre canned public uh, ai solutions from some of the big uh, majors that are out there and what we're seeing is a kind of a hybrid approach where if you want true i guess uh, flexibility open source isn't a bad way to go um although you do need people that can actually use the open source and some are using a little bit of ai from the cloud majors because they're invested in there anyway and then trying to use a bit of open source as well one from a cost containment but two, B, from a uh, flexibility perspective so that they might be able to get more out of it but you did say the key thing was that these things can be cheap the solutions can be cheaper but you do need good quality people in there with the skills to make these work, because I think that's where the miss is with AI. It's not so much to focus on the technology, it's to focus on the people and the process and the understanding what business solution we're trying to solve, in your case, fraud detection. And and then there's a value to that back to home anywhere, which is A, saving money on, on fraud and B, staying out of the press by having, you know, bad reviews. Because fraud yep. is, is is on the increase, so it's it's um um I think you're right in the view that yes, the technology is one part; it's an important part, but it's not necessarily the one where the biggest investment goes in. And some companies do forget that it's the people and the process and what are we doing. Um, at, least during- at,
0: the at the beginning, because in the end, when you have. Uh, but it's not really related to data science. But if we and we have a product at scale that is uh, consuming computing resources, but it's uh, it's not really data science comes to it, it starts to be engineering. Then like the cloud yes. providers in the use for the for the resources and can be can be expensive. But it's a topic when you already have something that is at scale and is probably generating its own revenue uh, already. So it's it's less of a problem. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And. Um, you know, a lot of organizations we we've spoke to over the years about AI, um, some of them have invested heavily in AI and succeeded. Some of them have invested heavily and absolutely failed. Some of them have not invested but have expected lots. Um, in, in your journey here, was there adequate budget to start the AI initiative at the start, or did you have to prove the case to get the budget to do a bit to then get more budget? What was that cycle like?
0: Yep. We have uh, a, um, a couple of topics here. That is, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's a trend nowadays to invest heavily in data science, pretty much wherever or whatever, wherever field. But as we were um, saying uh, earlier, it's not that. I mean, data science or artificial intelligence or or machine learning, call it uh, whatever you want. It's not a, uh, an easy field to invest because the return of investment has a lot of variables. Uh, you can yes. hire the best people give them the all the freedom but if the business itself or if the product itself or if the process itself is not fit for ai uh, it's not really a matter of investments so it's 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 quite complicated um yes i mean at the beginning i really had the the freedom to experiment and i had time to uh, to bring a solution that was working and then i had my um, buy-in from the from the business um yeah. but it's it's, I think that is quite a, should be a, a gold rule for when you do data science, at least in early stage, um, you have to, I mean, it's it's true that you should ask for some investments beforehand or, or some buy-in from the business beforehand, but it's also a problem in data science that data scientists try um, have the tendency to iterate infinitely on something without actually giving anything back to the business, um, Yeah. whereas as we were mentioning before, it's still true that a, uh, a solution that, from a data science perspective, might be nothing special or not research paper worth, uh, can have a nice impact on a business enough to start that process of buy-ins, investments, and stuff. Uh, and data yeah. scientists should understand that the, uh, the the sooner they deliver, the better it is. Uh, and then there is there will be more uh, time for uh, iterating or like doing something more at the at the edge of the of the state of the art. Um, While they also be, there are there is a lot of complaints like companies are not investing. I think that also data scientists should understand uh, that delivering fast is a is a value. Uh, yeah. Should also learn like learn a little bit from engineering. The, I think that we should put a little bit of engineering mindset in data science. Uh, okay. To learn to deliver fast.
1: That's the, the the good points. I think to learn to deliver fast is not that you have to deliver the final solution but you're delivering pieces of it along the way or bits of functionality or concepts into reality, not the whole thing. And I think that's you get incremental budget along the way. I think if you try and solve everything at the one go, we've seen it before, that could take too long. And the business has to think of other things to do or invest elsewhere. So, yeah, we've seen that as well with other case studies, I guess, on, on AI, where they tried to get the, all the investment up front and they didn't get it, so effectively closed down, or they got the investment but took too long, um, or as you said, didn't have this engineering mindset. When you're building a plane, you don't, the engineers don't come back with the finished product, they come back with pieces of it and say this and this and this, and when we get it all together, we'll be flying high. So I think that's interesting. Um, What typical challenges did you face, like AI capabilities, you mentioned, were open source? Were there costs, technology, were there integration challenges, business process challenges, people challenges? What kind of challenges were were in there?
0: I think that the the most complicated stuff um, in data science is not really, um, because I mean, when you have the right skills, uh, developing a model with all the right conditions is yeah. decently easy or at least is doable. Um, the yeah. most complicated stuff is integrating your solution at scale with an existing, existing product. That is the most yes. complicated stuff because I think that out of like 100% of data science project that starts, the, the, the percentage of project that actually can manage to uh, be in production, uh, car, um, correctly connected to an existing product, etc it's a very, very small percentage. So the most complicated stuff, but not just for my experience, but it's probably the, the biggest problem in artificial intelligence or data science in this decade, yes. is actually bringing uh, models in production. Uh, and so yeah, was the challenge that, uh, that I struggled the most with. Um, also, because we go back to the initial point that uh, to be successful as a data scientist in an early stage company at least, uh, you have to fill the gap uh, to start uh, to start speaking with engineers uh, because the, yeah. as a data science ex- expert, we think or we assume that everything is easy to comprehend and, the, um, <laughs> and it's obvious. But it's also true that, like in the end, is you have to speak with engineers to start using your solutions. Um, And so the most complicated stuff was to first, I mean, speak to business people and um, make them excited and make them understand what you are building. But I don't think that is that complicated if you have the right mindset. Uh, The most complicated stuff is actually deliver something tangible in production uh, with engineering best practices, with all the requirements that go into production at scale. uh, Uh, So definitely this is the most complicated thing to do.
1: Yeah, and we see that with these digital technologies, cloud, AI, big data, that it's not difficult. You get people to write skills to do something with it. But the big challenge comes with integrating into what you already have. And we see that with the cloud integrating back into traditional IT. Uh, And now that's where the challenge is at the integration layer, which actually comes back to the organization themselves, because you, you can't really outsource the management of that layer. I think. Um, so it yep. sounds uh, similar here. And what you said there about language was really good as well. And talking to the engineers and the other parts of the business about what this is, how it works, A, in your language, but then transcribing that into their language and something they understand. Because how you sell or describe that to an engineer is different to what you're saying to the business, I would think. Yeah, so, basically
0: completely different things. Because when you speak to business, you have to uh, talk about uh, performances and uh, how the, the model will perform but really for engineers and it's and it's also something that is somehow relieving engineers don't care about what the model is doing uh, they just care about the how to communicate with it so are really yeah. two problems that are not overlapping and it's a um, and it's a good thing and a bad thing of course because I mean as a data scientist you are a little bit in between uh, the two words um, but the technology and the um, uh, DevOps uh, best practices now are helping out in this direction because, I mean, in yeah. the end, uh, engineers just care about Docker, just care about images, just care about containers, you yeah. have to connect like this, etc. Uh, while business is more what, what actually wants to jump in inside the model and understand yeah. how, it's, how it's working.
1: Yeah, so you have a few different audiences there. Was well, this is the first time that Housing Anywhere has used AI?
0: Uh, AI again I mean for definitely machine learning uh, yes uh, AI again is a, is a uh, if you have a couple of uh, R coded rules is already AI yeah. uh, but machine yeah. learning like supervised machine learning yes was the was the first time
1: well, for machine learning and did they have adequate skills now you aside, but were there adequate skills for you and your team or did you have to bring in extra skills um, and you know uh, bring that up to a level?
0: Um, also, this is a, is, a, is a broad topic because, I mean, we have to first understand, and it's something that the market is still trying to understand properly, which are the skills yeah. that make a good data scientist. Uh, I have my opinion. I have my opinions, for example. Uh, some other people might have their opinion, and the, the market nice. didn't come to a final agreement yet. Um, I think that the, that we had enough skills on, a, on the modeling side. What we were yeah. missing was, but it, it's common to basically 95% of the companies around the world uh, what we were missing was the experience in bringing models to, to production, uh, and sure. so I, I had personally back in the days because we did one of the first tires in this in this area. Then of course we, we had a lot of talent, more talented people than me, uh, as it's um, as it should be. Um, I had to personally a little bit fill this gap uh, with uh, yeah. speaking with engineers. Uh, that it's more really more than uh, uh, hard skills that you have to. To develop or that you are missing as a, as a professional is really a bridge that the first person that in a company is uh, is busy with, with data science or AI has to yeah. uh, has to walk uh, as to build more than more than walk and the, I was the first person that actually built this bridge uh, between data science and engineering. Um yeah. something that you can invest all the money, you can hire the best people, but the struggle of building this bridge for the first project uh, will always be there.
1: Yeah, and I think that's interesting for organizations to remember that the AI with machine learning today, it is still new. You're bringing new products to market, Uh, you're bringing them differently, you're developing them differently. So, you know, there will be that time when this is first and they may have done some AI machine learning projects in the past, but this project may be totally different. That this is a first into the market as well. So that's very interesting that it's not only do we have the skills and the people but do we have the mindset that this is new in here new to market and all that stuff that comes with it and to be able to deal with it because i'm sure there's a lot of challenges there but you have to push through those uh, no different to you brought a new product to market everyone knows about bringing product to market but nobody knows about this particular product is <laughs> generally the Every,
0: case everywhere um, everywhere you enjoy it it's new
1: yeah uh, it, it is and and i think that's that's a wonderful part of the world we're in and it's also a very challenging part of the world that we're in these days is there any best practice available that can be applied to ai machine learning or is the best practice still being developed at the moment
0: mm, i mean the, we have to uh, best practice i think that in literature uh, i mean in the end that uh, machine learning is used in production at scale it's probably 10 years uh, so I yeah. don't think that, that uh, well-established literature, there are some things that, for example, work for me and all the yeah. people that I speak with, or I, I speak about these topics, I, I tend to share, but might also be that people with a completely different experience might uh, say things on the on the contrary. For me, really, it's understanding that the at the beginning, at least, the, the simpler, the better, uh, deliver fast, um, being ready to uh, get uh, your hands dirty with a lot of engineering, at least at the beginning, uh, because if you, <laughs> yeah. if you want to um, if you want to work a, a, in an early stage company or also the, 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 the companies that are in a bigger scale, someone before you did it for you, uh, you really have to uh, get your end dirty with a lot of engineering uh, stuff because the, the first data scientist is actually the one that has to create the model and bring it to production. Uh, then when the, when the years uh, pass, the, the, the process gets more smooth and then there is someone that can have the... Um, can be lucky enough to just work on the modeling because then there is someone else that is bringing it into production. And he's also, yeah. it was also ap- happened for more engineering related uh, jobs. And at the beginning, everyone was taking care of everything. And then year after year, like jobs got very, very specific, like a, yes. b- a big developer or like DevOps, when 20 years ago, people that were writing the code were uh, um, also involved with the, with the deployment. Uh, data science is doing the, the very same thing. Like at the beginning, there were people involved with data, now we have data scientists and engineers, now we have data scientists, machine learning engineers, data engineers, uh, yeah. we have data ops people, ML ops people, now the, the market is going to be more granular, um, but yes, I mean, at the, in an early stage at the beginning, you have to you have to get your hands dirty, you have to uh, deliver fast, don't spend too much time in improving the 0.001% accuracy because yeah. no one cares in a business, to be honest. Um,
1: <laughs> That That's true. And um, So what we see, there is an absence in best practice that only comes after years of it in. So I think that's really good advice. Get your hands dirty, practice with it, do very small incrementals to get it out there. As you said, nobody cares for the big thing two years down the road. We need to see something now. Um, listen to the communities. Uh, somebody else might have an experience, share with that. It's, it's an exciting time to be in it. And I think it's a good time before best practice comes in and locks our thinking down that we're allowed to experiment. So I don't think that's a bad place to be in with this because I'm not sure, you know, there will be around about your fraud detection system. There will be best practice for security and best practice for governance and best practice for operations. That's in the chain somewhere. But for the bit we're talking about, it's got to be experimental because nobody knows the answer right now and uh, we have these fantastic tools to do it. I think that's, you know, that's what data science is all about, isn't it? It's about exploration as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, the, it
0: was one of the, was the the main reason why I decided to switch to data science, because in the end it's a job that changes, not every day, because yeah. it's great, but like exactly. from one project to the other, or at least from one yeah. business to the other, it's true that uh, when you uh, switch job in data science, you start a completely new life, because starting from a also from my case and coming from the housing market, as with my business and my job completely changed, while when you do engineering, uh, might be that in the end, even if you change the business, uh, your day-to-day tends to be more similar to the, to the previous one. Yes. Uh, so yes, I mean data science uh, in a very romantic way, it's, it's exploration and it's something that uh, is, uh, that is true also for the processes related to that, for how to uh, to better integrate data science with data science with the with the rest of the of the business
1: yeah and I think as well that that understanding needs to go back into the business about what data science really is rather than fix this problem it's we've got to explore how how we might do this do you have um any other advice for organizations looking at AI to solve something like fraud detection or whatever that is is there any one or two pieces of advice that you would give an organization um, after your experience yep.
0: My experience is, I mean, then depends on the on the stage of the uh, of the company because it's not true that every uh, that every advice fits for all the companies. But I think that the the data science uh, first of all is a is a field where the where a very good percentage of talents is still in universities. Um, so I mean, I don't want to start a huge discussion on the on all the master in data science that are growing here and there because I mean, also these courses have their pros and cons. And me personally, yeah. and more than Uh, Every day I'm more than happy to have studied classical computer engineering, Um, but I mean to keep in mind that the um, that I mean being the field uh, quite new, um, sometimes happens that a a a, a just graduated guy with talent and willingness to uh, to do uh, might deliver better or quicker than a more seasoned professional with five or six years of experience in the in the field because I mean it's data science is new and it's not always true that the, the years of experience actually bring value in production. Um, yeah. that's the first advice. So being open in looking at the at people um, more than at the at the years of experience that they bring in the bringing the resume. So I mean if you want to open a senior data scientist position, do it, but be also open to, to check for uh, just uh, just graduated guys or girls of yeah. course that the, yeah. that might be more talented. Uh, and then there is a little bit of my bias um, when I was an hiring manager before in, in my previous company. Uh, at the beginning, uh, I think that computer engineering skills are important, so at the very beginning, I will prioritize data scientists that come from a more engineering bag- background. Uh, yes. Then very specific uh, data science experts that come from a mathematical background. While, I mean, when the when the team is more established, people that studied uh, pure data science or statistics or math math are are way better in modeling, and also as a matter of mindset, are way better than um, what a computer engineer will will ever be, but it's really a matter of skills, but also mindset, because there is a time to deliver fast, and there is a time to spend more time in modeling. Uh, But uh, in an early stage, I would recommend to go for engineers, uh, while on a later stage, I would prioritize more PhD-oriented I uh, yes. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, no, that, uh, that's good. I always think you can teach skills, but you need to develop mindset as well over time, as well. So you have that. Massimo, we recently had ter- uh, Tara uh, Byers on. Um, she's from Target in the US, and she's heavily involved in women in IT and inclusivity. Do we have enough uh, women in the data scientist roles, or is that something that the industry is lacking? From your experience, from what you can see, so my experience is
0: definitely lacking. Like to, um, in all my career, when I was an hiring manager, or was involved in interview, it's it's really sad to see how the percentage of girls uh, doing interviews is yeah. um, tremendously lower than the percentage of uh, boys that are doing interviews. Yeah. Uh, and I honestly don't think that there is a a bias in the recruitment process. There is a bias in the number of applications that come from a bias. Uh, In the, uh, it it really it's it's true that also from my um, experience when I was studying engineering, um, there were few uh, girls or women in my classes, and it's a little bit of a society bias that is trying to keep saying that engineering and data science jobs are not uh, jobs for uh, for women, and it's it's completely I mean it's completely not true. There are there aren't any there isn't any single reason for which a girl shouldn't get into the into this field. Uh, and it's something that really we should try to we should try to change as society and people in this um, in this field. I mean, me personally, being uh, in this field, I should try to do my best uh, to be more and uh, not really inclusive because I mean it's not that I, um, I I ever had any bias in recruitment processes, but try to be more um, sell better our field and try yes. to uh, to girls and women that the. Uh, that we are really waiting for them because there is no no reason for not getting into this field.
1: There is, yeah. It, it was on another episode where Tara went into it's more societal problems where the women may enter them but they leave because they look around and they can't associate with because there's lack of women there anyway. So it's not a community that's there, but it's something she's trying to maybe it will change um as we go along. But uh great. Can I ask um Massimo, any final words on how organizations concede with their uh, AI and the machine learning goals and ambitions. Any final tip?
0: Yep. Yeah. Hire talented people and let them explore and experiment and mm-hmm. uh, give them trust and space for experimenting and delivering. Uh, on the other side, these people should also remember to deliver fast uh, and not uh, and not over overthink about every single uh, yeah. implementation detail. But yeah, I mean, the art. Give more freedom to uh, hire good people in data science, and the and the world is full of talented people in universities, especially, and give them the the freedom to experiment and to bring value to the uh, to the product, because right, there right. are a lot of low-end fruits uh, about data science that don't require to do hyper-complicated models, uh, but really can be can be achieved very simple on a data science perspective. Of course, very simple modeling can have a huge return of investment. Uh, in any company and also I mean saying that you are AI driven is is a good thing to say in 2021
1: probably. Yes it is. um... It it, it is but you have to back it up. Um, And for the Housing Anywhere you said that's publicly available the work that you did on that so I assume if people look for Massimo Belloni um, Housing Anywhere in Google they'll find the work that you've done which would be great as I said it's a great case study we saw, we said we've got to get you on to talk about it so uh, our listeners can go find that as well and hear more. So, Massimo Abiloni, thank you so much for joining us today on CCC Talks, been a pleasure. What you mean? Thank you for joining this episode of CCC
0: Talks. We hope you enjoyed this episode and walk away with a ton of actionable insights. If this is your first time joining us, this is us extending a personal invitation to you to join other IT and business professionals So please subscribe on iTunes, YouTube, or Google Play. If you are struggling in any capacity in your digital transformation journey, contact us. We'd be more than happy to guide you and find you the right certification courses to help you manage the challenges modern businesses are facing. This was CCC Talks. Until next time.